Did you know, in 1980, the average attention span is 29 minutes. In 2017, it is 8 seconds. So, how do we get here? I don't. I didn't know that, John. Uh, how how would you rate your own attention span? Um. So back in high school, there was a running joke in my friend group that I had a shorter attention span than a goldfish, and I I found it just pretty funny because I was like, you know, I could get stuff done, I could function, I could get good grades in class. So why does it matter? Right. I I wonder how they got to the goldfish attention span thing because. Uh, you said you were doing some search about it, and you couldn't really find that, right? Right. Uh, doing a simple Google search of just goldfish attention span, uh, I couldn't find really anything useful about how the scientists manage to measure the goldfish attention span. Maybe it could be just like my lack of um, experience in research. Um, <laughs> but back in first year, we actually took a class together, or not together, but at the same time, it was Bio One Forty. Yeah. Um, and that was experimenting with different uh, animals, designing experiments. And I actually did a experiment on goldfish, uh, not to measure its attention span, but to measure how active it is in different temperatures of water. But um, I just thought this is interesting to bring up because when we talk about attention, goldfish are actually used as model species to study memory and learning. So with that being said, um, why, why would you think that they have a short attention span? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I wonder how, like, if there were studies done, uh, how they measured attention. Because even with humans, it's it's a bit hard to measure attention. Um, and if you look into another animal, uh, it would be pretty hard to measure attention. Like, what what would be an attentive goldfish? Was it just staring at one spot, or yeah. like every time it moves, it lose attention? I feel like that's that's just not a It'd be difficult to measure that. Yeah, or maybe it's memory of how long it can hold on to a certain memory or thing. <laughs> but then how would you know? Are you going to go into the brain and be like, hey, yo, do you remember this? <laughs> Could be something about the electromagnetic waves, but I, I, I can't tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, instead, I did find a lot of articles relating to titles like, do you have a lower attention span than a goldfish? Um, and this research was actually done here in Canada by Microsoft. So we would say it's pretty credible. But um, given that, it's, it measures certain things like listening to a lecture, um, ability to finish reading an article online, and also this evidence of ever shorter shot lengths in films, which I found pretty interesting because they said that compared to before, now um, in videos or movies the scenes are actually shorter oh that's really interesting wow yeah i know i didn't notice that mm-hmm. but i noticed that um like online articles they try to have like short bits like they'd have like one or two sentences per paragraph right and it'd be like fragmented right yeah and even myself i i find it easier to read that way Huh. If if it's like a longer big paragraph, I find it really hard to pay attention to it because it just seems like there's so much going on and like I I I don't know, it's like overwhelming. You just give up sense. when you see like a big chunk. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just give up. <laughs> yeah, I hear that about emails as well. That when you write emails you shouldn't write a huge long paragraph because that overwhelms the reader. 
they might just throw in the chunk. <laughs> yeah, I actually sent an email out to uh, one of my mentors once, and it was like really long follow up. I didn't really, I didn't get a reply. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but Brian, do you think there are cases that our attention span is longer, or not longer? I would say、uh, not fragmented. I would say, well, personally,、um, when I'm really focused. Doing something, then like that's the only thing that I do.、Um, it's really like a combination of the environment and your will to do something. Like, for example, if you're, if it's the last minute, or if you're doing something last minute, you're one day before the exam, then all you can do is study. Hopefully, because like you, you're kind of in that time crunch, so you're you're forced to focus and have that longer attention span. For me, that that's when I like when I focus the most、mm-hmm. is、uh, kind of when I'm forced to. Right, crunch time, crunch yeah. time. Yeah, I get that same feeling sometimes. But、um, we could get back to this attention span thing and thinking about、um, how they measured it. It's that they measured these attention span, different attention span across different activities, and they averaged it. And that's what how they came to the fact that we have an average attention span of eight seconds. Right. Yeah, that'd be. I feel like that's a bit unfair.、Right. What if、uh, you're you're measuring two people and one person really likes watching sports and the the thing is like, oh, see how long you can stay attentive to this sports、uh, commercial or something、mm-hmm. like that, and then compare it to someone who absolutely hates sports. It has to be something like really common to everyone and like common interest, right? Hmm. True. True. Yeah, I don't think it's also. I, I don't think it's necessary that attention in one task, if it's short, it's necessarily a bad thing. What if when you、um, watch a video that's like has no use to you, right? Like an advertisement, like you just mentioned,、um, you're not very attentive. That's actually a good thing, right? Yeah, that's true. So we we have our own stories about our troubles focusing for for studying, doing work.、Um, you want to share yours? Yeah, so、um, I wouldn't say I'm better at it now, but、um, I'm trying to improve on it. So back then, when I was studying for exams and trying to study, I usually had my phone out, and whenever it, well, I, I try to do things like oh, turn off the sound or turn on airplane mode, certain things like that. But every once in a while, I just feel the urge to check my phone for messages or to see if、um, there's something going on on Facebook, things like that.、Um, And I think really cut into my productivity for studying, especially. Yeah, no, I find that too. You're you're always searching for your phone, even though you don't have a notification, but you just search anyways. You you open the screen, even though there's no like prompt for you to. You you're kind of used to it.、Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is that it kind of fragments your attention, and that's the worst thing for productivity. If you're trying to focus on something, focus hard on doing this um like difficult task, and then. Your attention is fragmented. Then you kind of have to reset your gears to focus again. Right. For me, I I have like a battle with、uh, YouTube. So, I I always watch YouTube.、Um, it's good and bad. Like I try to watch educational videos.、Uh, try to watch things that kind of push me towards where I want to go,、uh, what I want to learn. But I find myself.、Um, 
like I, I have it open and then there you know how YouTube there's like suggested videos uh, whoever you're subscribed to their new videos and whatnot I find myself watching videos that I really don't care about mm-hmm. and like I have no interest in at all but I just watch it and I think like I was thinking about it the other day I was like wow this is like uh, this is like I, I wouldn't say well kind of like it's an addiction kind of thing mm-hmm. um but I think what drives it is that it's easier than doing other things. So if you press cl- play, then it's easier than um, focusing on like doing work. It's like an easy way out for your brain. And then like, I, I feel like we just as humans were um, kind of wired to go through the path of least resistance. So you kind of want to do the easiest thing and uh, hold off on like the harder things in life. Right, yeah, completely agree with that. I think I've noticed something for myself is that I sometimes just open a YouTube app just to see what they would recommend to me. Like, I, I don't even feel like watching it, but I want to see what's what's up, you know? Like, if there's something new, if there's, you know, trending things on YouTube, or if anyone, like, subscribed to has posted any new videos. But then I realize, oh, maybe I don't have time to watch this 15-minute video. I just want to see, like, if there's a new video <laughs> yeah that's interesting because uh, I know YouTube has this algorithm um, because they get the revenue from ads right so they want to optimize um, your screen time how, how much time you're uh, looking into the, the videos watching mm-hmm. the videos uh, looking at this uh, the ads that they have right so they have this algorithm where they kind of try to like put videos in front of you that um, like kind of clickbaity, like things that you're like, wow, this is like, wow, this is really in- interesting. I'm gonna click into it, and then it kind of, if they they try to model it so that every click you do, like it, it's like you'll stay and watch the whole video, mm-hmm. um, and suck you into it, kind of. Okay, but but um, interesting point here though is that y- you notice that YouTube has introduced ads in like in the middle of videos now. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have ad block, I think that's that's what yeah, happens. Is everyone has ad block. <laughs> I actually don't use oh, ad block. <laughs> I'm just a noob at computers. So basically, what happens is for those of you who don't who use ad block. So what happens for those of us who are not smart enough to use it is that when you play a video, if it's a longer video, let's say 10 minutes, sometimes in the middle they'll have two breaks where they show you ads. So now that we brought up fragmenting our attention. I just thought it's interesting that if someone's so sucked into a video, why would you interrupt them with an ad? Maybe that would make them want to stop watching it. Well, if someone's really sucked into a video, I feel like they'd want to like wait through the ad so then they can watch the rest. Hmm. That's why they put in the middle instead of like the end, right? Right, good point too. But they don't choose like, you know how in TV shows sometimes they put it right before like a climax or like a kind of like cliffhanger moment yeah but here it's just like a random moment where like you might get bored of the video and then you might not stop watching it if it's not for the ad Uh so it can actually kind of backfire on them if you think about it yeah yeah hmm that's interesting i i never thought about like the placement of the ad yeah that'd be interesting i i would think that for videos where like the content creators um, like have more views maybe they would strategically place where the ads are right 
but it would be too hard for them to decide, oh, this place is a climax and put it right here. But right. the content creators earn money from ads. Oh, so well. the content creator would decide yeah. where to put it. Maybe. Hmm. I, I, I'm not a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if okay. one of you guys are YouTubers out there, you yeah. guys could explain it to us. I've dabbled a little bit on YouTube. I upload a couple of videos, but they never asked me for <laughs> ads or revenue. <laughs> you didn't get enough views. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's something we could talk about, or maybe our listeners could share with us as well if they have any personal experience about watching videos and having ads in between in in the middle of the videos. Do you guys think it's distracting? Um, that makes you want to stop watching the video, or do you think it's something that oh crap like let me finish this ad and get straight back to the video right so john what's what's the psychology behind losing your attention well um yeah i, I can only talk for from a basic psychology point of view on that but <laughs> losing attention has many different um, aspects of it so we think about attention as in a mode where we're just focused on one thing right like colloquially speaking that we focus on one task and um, I don't know if you heard of the term like flow flow well I know the definition of the flow but okay <laughs> um, but basically some people um, would say flow is a state where you go get into a state of flow and you just produce and you just um, become immersed in this task um, a lot of people describe when they do like uh, competitive sports or music or creative things such as arts. Um, these activities, you can really get lost and immersed in it for hours and hours, right? Um, so with this, I guess when you have a fr loss of attention is you just get out of this flow mode, flow state. Um, so that's one way of looking at it. How would you describe uh, loss of attention for you? Well, for me, yeah, no, I definitely see that, like the flow kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's, for me, there's two two things. So when I'm paying attention to something, like I'm in the zone, right? Yeah, like like yeah. sports, for example. Um, and I I feel like I just, like my heart rate is up, uh, my blood pressure is a bit up. Like mm -hmm. I need that little bit of um, like kind of be on the edge. Um and it's like it's like when you're caffeinated um <laughs> and i think that's why i drink coffee when i do things i need to be um like have that little bit of adrenaline rush feel and having that then i can get in the flow and stay in the flow right and then once that wears off like once like my um cortisol levels are down um like once i'm not in that state of stress or state of adrenaline then i, I kind of stop uh, paying attention as much um, another thing is that I find that a lot of the times during your day you're kind of you're, you're not paying attention to anything you're kind of just d doing things mindlessly mm. and you can focus like you can think of that like for example when you're driving right yeah um, first time you're driving you're like focusing on like 10 different things at once you're like oh how do I turn how do I have to do a signal everything like that you have to look for people crossing the street but then later on, you're, you're just kind of like doing it mindlessly. But that like is, is it's interesting because you can like live a lot of your life like that and like not really pay attention to anything mm -hmm. and just like do things. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a great discussion we have here on um, um, attention. 
let's let's bring it back to social media a little bit. So how do you think social media has contributed to the loss of attention? Well, I I know that social media, one of the goals, because social media is um, a lot of people make money from that through ad revenue, is the psychology behind keeping people's attention, right? So like the instant gratification, the dopamine rush when you see like likes on your Instagram post, mm-hmm. uh, when you scroll, you have all these new things that like everything's so bright, everything looks so interesting. Yeah. Um, and that that gives you like a, a little bit of dopamine rush. Yeah. And like like I said earlier, um, you kind of go through the route of least resistance. So. If you're doing that and you're getting dopamine, you're you're interested in every single post that you see, or at least slightly interested. That's a lot easier than reading a book, right? You actually have to mm. like get in the flow, get in the zone. And I think getting in the zone, it's it's a pretty high barrier because right. you have to get ready, you have to kind of like have that little space. Um, but social media, you just like your fo- you always have your phone with you. You just scroll and you're like, wow, this is great. It's, <laughs> it feels great. Yeah. Um, I think comparing to reading a book is a great example. I was going to ask you about that just now because let's say someone who is pro social media, right? They say that, oh, what do we want? Re- what do we really want in life? We just want, in a way, like all, our, our daily life, we want um, a certain amount of pleasure, right? Um, people can argue that reading a book, it might be a source of entertainment. You get pleasure from it. But if you can just use a cell phone to obtain that same amount or even more amount of pleasure, then why not? It's easier. Uh, this is a philosophical debate here. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, that's, that's interesting because I often like try to think about what's, what's the point of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and pleasure is, is one of those aspects. Um, I, I remember I was watching the Liberty Course by Harvard on YouTube. Yeah. And they're debating, like, I don't remember the philosophers' names, but, like, is there a source of higher pleasure? Like, for example, would listening to an orchestra play Mozart be a higher form of pleasure than scrolling Facebook? Hmm. You still get the same chemical reactions in your brain. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day. Yeah, but would you say, like, they're equal then? It's like different tastes, you know what I'm saying? Like some people might just not like Mozart as much. Or because they're in this society, they might not value it as much. Right. But then, okay, so let me ask you this. Like, do you think it's it's a higher form of pleasure or do you think it's on the same level? Like, because it gives you the same chemical rush, would it be the same? Would it be equal to you? Well, I would obviously say like Mozart because <laughs> I'm a classically trained musician. But um, I think that's just kind of uh, humans trying to rationalize things like us. Me trying to rationalize that, oh, this is better because I'm not like one of those people who scroll and, and whatnot. I just want to <laughs> categorize myself as like a classical musician, which like in my uh, I guess a value system I think oh it's better than just sitting there scrolling aimlessly or mindlessly yeah but who who decides like if that's actually better we do <laughs> <laughs> right. in the end we do I guess yeah I'm not sure yeah 
Well, there's no right or wrong answer to that. So bringing it back to social media, um, what do you think about like those targeted advertisements that we always see? Yeah, I think we touched on this last episode. Um, my, my point of view on it is that it doesn't really bother me too much. But I could see where it comes into play with um, different types of like social media advertisements. Like if it's propaganda, if it's like trying to influence people to act a certain way, right? Then it might be dangerous or maybe risky for society. Right. And I think like the whole field of advertisement marketing really changed with the advent of the internet. Mm -hmm. So you were saying earlier about how it changed. Yeah, because um, advertisement, we actually received a lot of advertisement before the internet age as well. But back then, it was probably just flyers, newspaper, things like that, um, where we think it's like in the old age, right? Um, they were still competing for our attention to a certain degree, but now the game has changed. Our attention, uh, we cannot protect the attention anymore. Like before, you can say, you can put on your mailbox, no, no flyers or... You, you don't have to look through the advertisement section of the newspaper or you could just um, I guess on TV so exposed to advertisements but um, I guess we we had more control of like what we consume what kind of advertisement we consume but nowadays it's everywhere no matter where we look um, ads are everywhere and we don't know if like even subconsciously we might be influenced by it right and this is like a this is a topic of interest for myself I, I've read a couple books a really good one is called Influence. I don't remember the author, but it's like a classic book on advertising and uh, marketing. Um, and they're like really subtle things that really affect your um, attention and affect why you would want to do things. So for example, this this example is pretty well known, but if you ask someone, if someone's printing a paper in front of you and then you're behind them and you ask them, hey, can I print my thing or can I scan my thing um, and don't say anything else after that, they're very likely going to say no. But if you give them a reason after that, say, hey, can I scan my paper? Um, I'm in a rush. They're more likely to say yes. Okay. And even if your reason is like really bad, like, hey, can I scan my paper because I need to scan my paper, <laughs> they're still more likely to um, let you like budget ahead of them and I think uh, with the advent of the internet what the internet does um, well in my eyes the internet kind of breaks down barriers uh, in terms of geogra geography and a, a little bit of time so um, like advertising you said is kind of localized because it's stuck on like physical things for example newspapers right but with the internet you kind of it you can access the whole world it is literally at your fingertips so if you have an ad placed on your website anyone around the world can look at it mm -hmm. yeah i think this new environment is kind of unprecedented for for us and a lot of us are not ready to um really deal with this kind of bombardment of different information so that's why we just start acting the way that our advertisers want us to act. So let's talk about our phone. Um, so Brian, what what do you, why do you pick up your phone usually? Do you use it to check the time or 
What are you looking for when you pick it up? Honestly, I'm looking for if I if, if I have friends, <laughs> if they if they want to talk to me. Yeah. So a lot of times, I think we both are inclined to see if we got another like, or maybe a comment on our photo or post. Um, there was this meme a couple years ago. I remember it's it's pretty funny. Back then, I was um, I was still on uh, quite active on social media. I saw this meme I shared with my friends. So there was this guy. He got a little notification signal on on Facebook, right? And then his face just like lit up right away when he saw it. And then when he opened it, it was like Candy Crush. Someone had sent <laughs> you a request on Candy Crush, and then right away his face just like darkened, and it was like a, a uh, another picture of him throwing his computer out the window. Um, so I think I think that meme really like really captures like what we're looking for right we're looking for approval from our friends right. right if we see something that's like useless we might be like oh man this is another useless notification but facebook has done this so well that sometimes you get a reward sometimes you get a friend request sometimes you get a message or comment or a like from your friend but sometimes you just get useless things and it just controls you because every time you see that red button come up you're like oh maybe it's my friend maybe it's this new you know interesting thing um so this this uh phenomenon or this kind of trend has been described by tristan harris as our phone as a portable slot machine i don't know how do you feel about that yeah no i see that definitely it's like you you look at it every time and you kind of want to have that social like it's called social media Mm -hmm. so have that social gratification i guess um, every like or every uh, comment kind of gives you that dopamine rush. It's like, hey, I'm important. I have social value. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, my friends are like always communicating with me. So it's like a it's a constant like chase for that rush for that like, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like slot machines are gambling. Right. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting is also that in the U.S., uh, slot machines actually earn more money than movies, game parks, and baseball combined. So if we think about that for a second, slot machines, we play with such little amount, just small coins, you know, a little little bits of money. But how does it get people to spend so much money over over a year on this kind of thing, collectively? Well, there's probably a lot of research on there yeah. that we haven't looked into. But thinking, like thinking about it right now, um, I can see how it relates to social media mm-hmm. and that like when you actually go to the casino, you see people in slot machines, they're not really paying attention. They're just pressing the button right, and then waiting to see if they get a reward or not. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they're like, okay, whatever, I'll press it again. It's really easy. It's like, like I said, like two or three times already mm-hmm. like going around the like route of least resistance it's really easy to do and you're getting that dopamine rush yeah which is easier like it's easier to get that dopamine rush than doing something long term like reading a book and at the very end or in the middle like through the whole process you get like little increments of um, like interest or uh, knowledge and then at the very end like that's when you kind of like bring it all together that's yeah. when like the big like dopamine rush comes about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you don't it's it's hard to get there it's there's like a big barrier to it definitely unlike so, scrolling so it's more like uh with reading a book it could be described as delayed gratification right yeah yeah that's perfect 
Yeah, I think um, we also learned our basic psychology courses that the reward, reward loop is closely related to addiction. And if you still, you still are not convinced that a lot of people are addicted to their phones, um, what if I tell you that the tech giants like Facebook, um, Google have put this slot machine that we were talking about right inside our pocket? Crazy. <laughs> so every time now that you take out your phone, think about this, you're just swiping up, you're swiping uh, to see if, or refreshing the page to see if you got something new, just like how you put a coin in that slot machine to see if you want something in return. Right. And the hard part is that everyone's kind of glued to their phones, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's your lifeline now. Um, like if you're to, if your house were to catch on fire, like the top three things, your phone would be in it for sure. Yeah. Um, so everyone's glued to their phones and it's kind of like an extension of yourself and of others. Right. So like I would say my identity is in my phone. You can know mm. so much about me just by looking into my phone. Everyone has a phone. And, like, if you leave it behind, you kind of feel like you're you're out of the loop. You're right. left behind in the world, right? Yeah. So that makes social media, everything on your phone, like, really important. But, like, is it really important? What's, what's important, John? I think important to me, at least. Um, it's different for everyone, obviously. But important for me is able to connect with my friends. Um, share the different experiences I have in life with different people um, and also just staying curious learning more about the world and learning more about myself those are sort of my values but um, I, w- I would say that social media in a way does help um, in certain aspects let's say my first value of connecting to my friends and having that like connection with them social media can help me because let's say I'm not in the same city as them I can message them or see what they're up to on social media yeah I think that's the original purpose of social media but it's it's hard to say now because social media is embedded with advertisements with news it's, it has everything on it really mm. um, so then the purpose of sh- social media kind of gets diluted um, and sometimes it gets in the way of what's important. Right. You forget what, what you came here in the first place. Yeah. So is it really moving you towards what's important? For example, you said uh, a big thing is to stay connected with your friends. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I, I, I would argue that it takes you away from your friends, right? Yeah. You like the picture, but that's like surface level connection. You're not right. actually like getting to know them, making that meaningful uh, interaction with them. Mm-hmm. So I would say that sometimes it takes away from what actually deserves your attention. Yeah, I agree. I see some friends, uh, friend groups hang out and uh, like all of them are just on their phones and not talking to each other. Or maybe they're talking to each other but online. Yeah. Um, and one, one instance of this um, is like you always have Facebook Messenger, WeChat open, mm-hmm. right? Your phone's always with you. Um, and like I said, the boundaries of social media and your your other aspects of life get like mixed together. So for example, work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're using those chats for work and that kind of takes away from 
the real purpose of social media and yeah. that also takes away from your work time right like are you using facebook messenger for work purposes or using it to socialize and then like that's why we have slack like an app used for um just like for work purposes work communication but then that can also u- be mixed with social media like you can make a like a chat room i guess um to talk about funny things yeah so uh, as brian mentioned wechat uh, for those of you who don't know wechat is a huge social media platform in china and i see a lot of people giving out wechat like when it's related to work i went to this conference and people don't leave their emails they leave their wechat uh, handle and people will contact them on wechat so it just leads me to wonder when do they really have that personal space because if you have like wechat messages for friends and family and then suddenly someone messages you for business purposes right how do you like filter that out i mean it's really hard already for us to um <laughs> battle with this like addiction of always checking our messages or checking our phone so when we add that like extra layer of work into into that um our daily life it just get tangled right and that that takes away from the original purpose of social media i think mm-hmm. um kind of like social media this your phone it's really integrated with your life it's like an extension of you right yeah so i don't know i i just it's it's really interesting how connected you are nowadays but then i feel like it also can take away from important things yeah it's a dilemma man but at the end of the day what do you what do you suggest what do you think we should do well we're both trying to fight against like social media a little bit um, we're trying to extend our extension attention span. So for myself, uh, I've been trying to quit social media a little bit, not not fully. <laughs> so I always have my phone silenced. I've deleted Facebook app um, and like Instagram. But like I I feel like it hasn't taken away from anything, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like honestly. Um, when I was scrolling through Facebook, I wasn't gaining anything. But then now that I don't have Facebook, I have more time to not scroll on Facebook. And I feel like I haven't, like, I don't feel like I'm left out from society. I don't feel like I'm an outcast. Yeah. But I guess someone who uh, could argue that you, you, you tell us that you've gained some more time from not scrolling on Facebook. So how, what have you used that time for? What if you're just doing something else just as mindlessly? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. You know what well, I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I feel like everything should have a purpose. So if I, I've been scrolling through Facebook without purpose, then it's like waste of time for me. Yeah. But then if I'm like, for example, reading and learning towards a certain goal, then that that's purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's not to say I'm like completely disconnected from social media as I, I, when I go on my computer, I can choose to go on Facebook, but that's my choice. I'm mm-hmm. going on Facebook for a purpose to see if I should reconnect with my friends. Right. But I'm not like opening my phone mindlessly looking for that notification. Yeah. That's like whenever you're bored, you're just scrolling, right? Right. Yeah. I think the central message Brian's telling us here is that intentionality trumps mindlessness. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, for myself, 
I've been trying something similar to what Brian has done. Uh, I've been trying to experiment with just deleting all the apps on my phone, except uh, text messaging for logistic purposes. And also right now I still have Messenger on it. Um, just the last last line of connection to the outside world, right? But what I've been, I've, I'm trying to do is for 30 days, I'm just going to live this uh, digital, digitalless, I don't know if that's a word, life. And after 30 days, I'm going to try to decide, okay, which apps I'm gonna, am I going to add back to it? Because over the years, I've accumulated so many different apps, so many different social media um, you know, channels, different things that it's just a clutter and it's weighing me down. So I want to see which ones actually have a value in my life. Let's say I need to pay for parking, right? Uh, and today I, I couldn't pay for it because I deleted the app. So maybe that's something I will add back after 30 days because I know that's something I use for, let's say, 30 seconds to pay for my parking. And it, I'm not going to go on it to like scroll on that <laughs> app. There's nothing to scroll for. So that's completely like reasonable. And I know that's uh, adding a value to my life, uh, adding a certain convenience too. So um, that's what I'm trying. I'm on that journey right now. So hopefully I can last 30 days. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I think that's really good. Um, and you, you told me to look up Tristan Harris. Right. So for today's recommendation, um, I'm recommending a website. It's called the Center for Humane Technology. This is a non-for-profit, um, I guess, company that was started by Tristan Harris. He used to work for Google and then he left Google because he realized how much Google and its subsidiary, like, uh, YouTube and different different uh, apps has been trying to get people's attention. Um, and I think it's a great website to get informed and learn more about um, how our attention is being divided by different media companies, different social media platforms, um, and how to regain that, like on, on our, um, regain our attention. So I'm gonna leave you guys off with this kind of blurb from their website. Today's technology platforms are caught in a race to the bottom of the brainstem to extract human attention. It's a race we're all losing. The result? Addiction, social isolation, outrage, misinformation, and political polarization. All part of one interconnected system called human downgrading that poses an existential threat to humanity. Our mission is to reverse human downgrading by realigning technology with our humanity.